Welcome to the Digication Scholars Conversation Series. I'm your host, Jessica Chittam. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Zakia Mahabu from LaGuardia Community College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of the Digication Scholars Conversation Series can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You are about to hear part two of our conversation with Zakia Mahabu from LaGuardia Community College. Please be sure to listen to our previous episode to hear part one of this conversation. I want to ask kind of a question that's on a different um, train of thought. So I looked at your your e-portfolio, and um, we can certainly link that to, to this uh, recording. Um, but you quoted Dumbledore. Now, I'm, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay, so me too. <laughs> I have to ask, um, and I love, I love this quote, you quoted, um, happiness can be found in the darkest of times. If only one, um, oh, hold on, let me get back to it. <laughs> yeah, if only one remembers to yeah. turn on the light. Thank you. Happiness can be found in the darkest of times. Only one remembers to turn on the light. So what does this quotation mean to you in terms of your personal journey or perhaps the the journey that your students have experienced? I think, uh, so I'll answer the personal part first. Uh, Because of the way I started my journey in this country, as I mentioned, I was pretty depressed, right? In the first year, and I was doing jobs that I never wanted to do because in our country, um, it's a little different than here. Uh, We uh, grow up in a very pampered way. And then we don't really work until, not even part-time, until we finish our bachelor's. So like our job life starts like a full-time worker um, after our bachelor's or master's. Before that, we are just living with our parents, which is fine. I mean, I I love that because I love my parents so much. I never want to leave them. But um, we just live on the pocket money that our father gives us, right? So that's kind of like a dynamic. It's changing. People are doing a lot of part-time jobs now. Um, I was privileged, and I am privileged that I was born in a a, a middle-class family in Bangladesh where... I had all those basic needs fulfilled already, and I had the luxury to go and attend great schools. I I had great school system, uh, and I was part of a community where I got whatever I wanted if I needed them. So when I came here and I actually got bumped into the reality and I realized life is not always that, you know, bed of roses they have thorns everywhere and Mm -hmm. you need to make your way. You need to pave your way up. And I was only 21 and it, it really put me under a shock all on a sudden the reality hit me. Like already the transition is a big process. And then you come and you realize that, Oh, you are not that pampered person anymore because if you don't work now, what will happen to your family? If you don't work now, then you cannot, afford a lot of things in your life that you had before and if you don't work and support your father who's the only earning member who was the only earning member up to now right then you cannot live in a good apartment in a two-bedroom apartment uh in new york the living cost is way high Mm -hmm. those are the stuffs that hit me all on a sudden and i realized 
this is the time then that I need to help my father. And I started working right away. I started working in my 17th day, 17th day in New York um, uh, at a Dunkin' Donuts as a cashier. Wonderful. Because I, I felt that need in that 17 days. It's not that I was homeless that 17 days. No, I was actually uh, having great meals in my uncle's house and he was he was super nice he's super nice to have us there but we didn't want to live there we wanted to have our own home Mm -hmm. we wanted to move out as quickly as possible and I saw that my father was trying to get a job he was an engineer um, in back in back home but now because of his age he's not probably going to be an engineer here he has to do something else and he's looking for that so those kind of collision made me think and it hit hard it's mm-hmm. not that I accepted it right away, but I had that push from me, uh, from within, that I have to go forward. I have to do whatever the job comes, and I have to take it so that I can help my father, and we can financially become independent and move out, have our own home, and start living like we used to live. <laughs> and now we are doing that. It took time, but it, yes. we did that. So this quote, that happiness, I needed to find it that happiness in that darkness of i i probably for a lot of people it's not it's nothing because they probably had a lot more hardships but for me in my perspective that was one of the hardship that i was going through because i never been to that position right so for me that was like a dark place i was in mentally and i had to found that happiness by just turning on the light so for and me, all of this a, motivation that you've described, that was you turning on. Yeah, turning, turning on, on your, light, so, your, your own life. Because, because of the cognitive dissonance that you must have been experiencing, everything you expected growing up, the the family structure, the just expectations of what you would do until you finished school, everything was out the window. Yeah, because I was not in college yet. And oh my God, what I'm going to do now? So, but, but then again, it actually two things. So that was one. And another time when I turned on my light was the fact that I was working full-time as a barista at Starbucks when I I enrolled in LaGuardia. And I was working then, I was working at JFK, uh, JFK Starbucks. So what happened was all on a sudden it hit me, as I mentioned, that I got motivated and felt like, you know, I'm, I don't know anything about the campus. I need to know. And that urge at, actually made me feel that I'm not here in this country to just serve coffee to other people. It may sound rude, and I'm, I don't want to sound rude, but that's how it hit me that hard that I need to move forward. I need to get into something that will make me feel like, yeah, I'm actually making a contribution to the community, or I'm actually doing something more productive than just being a barista. I'm not saying that it's a bad job. I'm saying that it was just not for me. And that hit me hard. So I had to turn on the light again to find that happiness and to make sure that, yes, I'm doing the right thing. Yes, I'm not earning a lot of money now. I'm doing two part-time jobs, which is not enough. But, and it's, yeah, it's 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 not probably going to make me happy uh, if I was thinking that way that, yeah, money makes everything fine but no I was not thinking that for me what was important was to make myself part of this community that I I was in or make myself belong to this place where I am in right now I'm a student a full-time student in a CUNY college and I need to be there I need to belong there 
as part of that community rather than work full time just to provide for for my family. Mm -hmm. And of course, of course, my family supported me. My family motivated me to stay on the right track. And that's that's how I kept going. And even though I'm not probably working full time and earning a lot, but I am I'm actually happy because I had to find that happiness that, you know, even if I'm not earning a lot, I am actually moving towards that goal that I was here for. I'm pursuing my bachelor's from City College of New York, which I always wanted to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like my personal aspect. And for students, um, my students are always, um, I don't know, somehow I always get a lot of diverse student. So some fresh from high school, some probably from another country had a bachelor, but they're restarting. I once had a student who was a uh, he was a veteran and uh, he was in the, Air, in the Air Force. And once he retired, uh, he was, okay, so this student particularly, he uh, retired from his uh, service. And once he's done, um, he decided that he wants to become uh, like a, a forensic person or he wants to be in the system, in the criminal justice system. So he took a major he started his life over in the age of 50 and uh, he was in my class for the cjf which is a criminal justice first year seminar course and he saw this quote as well and he was really interested uh that we had this conversation where he mentioned that you know it's true you you just have to turn on the light and after being in the service serving my country in the air force i i actually decided to do something that i always wanted to do i always wanted to become a part of this criminal justice system i started and um this is my first semester so i think everybody has something related to this quote uh in their life Uh, i'm not saying everybody has to have a hardship to understand it but everybody has their own definition of it. Like, so that student particularly mentioned that um, he found it interesting because yes, he had to to turn on the light to find the happiness. Yeah. Find your goals, pursue them is, is a lot what it seems to be taking in your life and in a lot of your students' lives, because that's what everybody's doing in the, in the LaGuardia while they're there. Um, so, I mean, those are just fantastic stories, and it seems like you have really impacted a lot of students through this work as a mentor. Um, I love that LaGuardia has this program because um, it's just such a tough thing to start at a college, even if you're right out of high school, because it's such a different place, um, but particularly for the non-traditional students. And so it's wonderful that they have the space for um, understanding that and then ways for students to, you know, express their professional or their academic identities and really feel a part of that academic community as well. Um, Do you just have any stories about, you've told us a couple stories about some really fantastic students. Um, Just to sort of tie things off, I want to hear what was maybe the most impactful story you heard from one of your students that you worked with or um, an experience that you had with the student, something like that? Mm, there are a lot. I don't know which one to say. Um, so um, th- there's one sensitive um, issue that I had uh, was, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so what happened is one of my students was enrolled in one of my classes and um, the student was 
absent for first three weeks. And in that first three weeks, we were moving up. And then in like my fourth week, um, the student showed up at the end of the class to talk to me. And the student said that uh, she was going through a domestic violence um, situation. Mm-hmm. And that led her to almost drop this course and uh, drop out of high, out of college. And she was just fresh out of high school. Mm-hmm. That shocked me. That is, as I said, I'm from a different culture, right? So for mm-hmm. me, it's not very normal. And I was not sure how to deal with that. And I told her, that if she wants, he, she can talk to me. She doesn't have to share all the personal information if she's not comfortable. But if she needs someone to hear it, I am there to hear it. So I walked walked out with her. And I don't know if you've ever been to LaGuardia. LaGuardia doesn't have like a very big campus or anything. It's like it's in the industrial area of Long Island City. So we have a indoor campus, but not like a big outdoor campus. So what I did, I was just walking with her in in one of the hallways. And she shared some of the information and I was like, do you want to have a personal counseling? Um, Because we have a wellness center at LaGuardia and the people there are really fantastic and it's super under FERPA and all the protocols are maintained. So you do not have to, uh, nobody will know uh, about if you do not want to disclose anything, it will be just between you and your counselor. So just join the person and stuff. So I walked her to that. And uh, she she was still almost sobbing. And uh, I walked her with her and I was like, do you want me to stay? I can stay until your session ends and I can walk you out. And she was like, I think I'll be fine. And she went in, she put her names and I, I stayed there until she was called. So I was like still like talking to her about like, she was asking if she missed a lot. And I was like, no that's fine these are the stuffs we did but I can definitely uh, you know share the agendas with you and stuff like that I can also work on my office hours with you if you want you can just come to the SSM lab um, which is our office and also a first year seminar lab uh, so she was um, getting a little like calm down and she went in once she get called so I came back right after that week the next week she showed up in the class. We didn't have any one-to-one conversation. I just smiled and everything is fine. When I did the mid-semester check-in in the sixth week, so it's a 12-week session in the sixth week, whatever she missed in the last four weeks, along with whatever we did, everything was there. Everything was perfect. She went to the office hour, even though I was not there. Uh, she went there because uh, any SSM can help if you are going to the lab, right? So she got help. She got all my instructions. She told my uh, colleagues who were helping her that I give these instructions this way. So she wanted to, she wants the help that particular way, even though I was not here. It was fantastic. It was really fantastic. And she got an A in that class. I was so happy for her that she caught up with all the things that she'd been through. She has been through. She, She caught up and... At the end of the class, she was so she was smiling and she was saying, thank you, Zakia. Thank you for your help. I took a couple of sessions and it really helped me. And I'm 
I'm moving forward and I'm not dropping out of college and I'm not dropping off for any of my course in future. I was so happy. I I don't know. I'm not going to say that I cried, but I was almost on the verge of crying, but because it was that that a happy moment. Um so that's one and for another one which was really impactful personally also for me as well is that one of my students that I taught uh, she she also had a it not i'm not sure if it was a family emergency or something but she uh, was also not very able to catch up on the classworks and stuff so she shared it with me we'd sit together she always used to come to the lab in my office hour i used to help her and she did everything perfectly she had a great e portfolio um and the best part is she she's she is now graduating uh, i think she graduated last semester so she graduated and she's now one of my colleagues <laughs> and that's great she is so proud she and i'm so proud that when uh, during our uh, you know when they introduced the new ssms the new cohort with already the existing ones um i was i literally i was like oh my god you're here and she screamed my name she's like yeah you were my ssm that made me so happy and i have actually five of my colleagues who were my students before Oh, that's wonderful. And that's wonderful. Clearly it's an impactful program. It is, it is so amazing. And um my colleagues are like sometimes they're like, "Zakia, you have the more student colleagues than any of us." And I'm like, "I I'm so proud. Like five of my students, previous students are now my colleagues, which is amazing. And they're still uh in the program." So, um for me that's uh, an awesome impact to be honest. Absolutely an indication of the impact that you've had on a number of lives. I'm <laughs> very impressed. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Zakia, for joining us today for the Education Scholars Conversations. I have just loved our conversation and learning all about the program and what you do for your students. Um, I just can't thank you enough for making time for us. Thank you so much. Again, uh, thanks for having me. I feel really honored and I'm I'm honored that I could share the stories of my students and my life on a very interesting platform. Um and it's a first podcast of mine. So, thank you. <laughs> thank <laughs> That's you. wonderful. The Digication Scholars Conversation Series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K through 12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Jessica Chittum and Drew Albanicius. Thanks for listening.